Kia ora, I'm Matthew Scott. Ten years ago, about one in five young Kiwis were popping out the smoko. Now, it's more like one in 20. While cigarette butts have disappeared from high schools and university campuses, there's a new kind of puffing going on. Vapes are here and seemingly here to stay. Well, the rate of cigarette smoking is coming down. The percentage of young people vaping daily has more than tripled in the past three years. It's an epidemic. Anecdotally, what I'm seeing in our school is a growing number of young men who are vaping. Boys have become seduced by it. We're seeing non-smokers enter into a marketplace that we've never seen before. Last year's Action for Smoke-Free survey showed almost 20% of Year 10 students vape regularly. Our toilets have never smelt like passion fruit before in 153 years. They smell like passion fruit most days. But vapes aren't all bad. Smoking tobacco kills more than 8 million people each year. 5,000 of them us, New Zealanders, 5,000. It's a staggering number. And if vaping's a gateway to cigarettes, that's a catastrophe. But if it helps people reduce their cigarette use and even get off cigarettes entirely, that's a personal and public health victory of real significance. So today on The Detail, a shake-up of the vape industry is on the way. The government is planning to introduce new restrictions on the sale of vapes, store locations, flavour descriptions and the strength of disposable products are all on the table. But is it a case of too little too late when it comes to regulating what's become a booming industry? Rachel Thomas is a health reporter for Stuff in Wellington. A proposal on the table at the moment is one that would see flavour names restricted to reduce the attractiveness of vaping products to young people. So instead of flavour names like gummy bears or peach iced tea, these could be really plain, so I guess... Maybe just menthol or mint or something like that. Nothing that's jazzed up. Because I think at the moment, you know, it's very clear that they're they're marketed as appealing to, to, to young people and they're marketed as kind of interesting and fun and tasty. And that's what we're seeing and why we're seeing such a strong uptake in young people with vaping. These single-use vapes are cheap and popular among young people. But now they're in the firing line with plans to reduce their strength and introduce product regulations. Also, these these single-use vapes that we see, they're about $10 each. That's affordable for most teenagers if they want something that's going to enable them to sort of fit in and feel like they've got something you know, cool to do. They're they're very tasty. They you know they, they some of them taste like ice cream. It's ridiculous, and they're so accessible. They're everywhere. Right. So cheaper, and also yeah, that marketing is it's markedly different to like the classic cigarette, right? Where you might have what gold uh, or menthol or um I don't know Lucky Strike Reds or something. Instead, we're we're talking about yeah what ice cream and goody goody gumdrops and passion fruit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the other thing is that these vape stores are are also really appealing to young people. You've either got kind of shosha stores, which have these sort of colourful fonts, this sort of ruster vibe, or you've got these sort of minimalist-looking stores that almost resemble Apple stores that, you know, there's always, like, some hipster with, like, a septum piercing behind the counter and, like, cool music playing, and it's yep. just very young people, almost like techie focused. Um, so so they draw young people in. So that's another part of the proposal on the table at the moment is that 
specialist vape retailers would not be able to operate within a certain proximity of schools or sports grounds. You know, that so that would restrict you know, where they could actually set up shop, which I guess in turn means that they're slightly less accessible to, to young people filtering out of school. The entrance to a Porirua primary school just across the road from a vape shop. Vapelicious was once a dairy. The owner says he made the change after car parks were removed and the business became unviable. Do you think that will make like a um, significant difference? For, just take, for example, you're in Wellington, right? I understand there are, I think it's 26 vape stores in Wellington. But the majority of those are sort of like in, the, in downtown and, and, and in the CBD itself. Do you think that them not being able to set up shop next to a school will have any impact on youth take-up? To be honest, no. I mean, I think the horse is bolted. Like, you, you go down Cuba Street and there's four or five vape stores easily within that immediate sort of precinct. Kids aren't, you know, kids are going to Cuba Street on the weekend. They're, they're hanging out there anyway. So if they want to vape, not selling it next to a school is, is not going to stop them from doing it. It's not like kids only spend time around schools. Uh, we know that they have lives outside of that and, you know, they could get into the city so, yeah, I, I think what one of the problems is, you know, we've got this this smoke-free 2025 goal, and that was announced way back in 2011. Smoke-free environments, controls and enforcement amendment bill, third reading. The Honourable Tariana Turia. Anyone who has listened during the committee stages of the bill would have underscored the need to legislate to achieve the vision of a tobacco-free Aotearoa 2025. But we didn't have a plan on that till 2021. So at the time that was announced, back in 2011, I think it was March, vaping was actually promoted as a tool to enable people to quit. So the government went really hard on that at the time, saying, hey, you smoke, you want to stop. Here's a tool that's 95% safer. Vaping is not smoking. It's the nicotine that people are addicted to. It's the thing they miss when they quit smoking. But... Overall, nicotine doesn't cause cancer. It doesn't cause heart disease. It's the smoke and the products of combustion. So with vaping products, they can certainly help some people quit smoking and they are much less harmful than smoking. And we had very limited uh, research on that at the time and so they sort of just went with that line and so what happened is it created this vacuum and, and in that time tobacco companies saw an opportunity. They they bought up these vape companies, invested billions in these next generation products and we've seen them marketed in these ways that are very appealing to young people. So now the government's having to backpedal and go, oh shoot, now we've got to put these advertising restrictions in. Now we've got to prohibit them around schools, around early childhood centres. Now we've got to ban them in cars. It's It's all this sort of like too little, too late. And I feel like it's almost like a mea culpa for the government now going, oh my goodness, now now we're, right. we need to restrict these products to young people. This is sort of like this unintended consequence of us having the smoke-free 2025 mm-hmm. goal. So have you kind of seen the government messaging on this, uh, you know, sort of change in real time? Yeah, a wee bit. I mean, I, I do remember um, being at an announcement with, I think it was Jenny Salisa at the time, and and they were they were very strong on vaping. They were they were very supportive of vaping, and it was almost seen as this like magic bullet in a sense to 
to bringing our smoking rates down to that under 5% goal, which is the smoke-free 2025 goal. It's a tool that is effective, especially for adult smokers. The advice I've been getting from the Ministry of Health from various groups that they've worked with uh, is that vaping, especially from smokers who've tried to quit smoking for many, many years, vaping seems to be the one tool that is actually effective for them uh, quitting uh, smoking. And Dame Tariana Turia was there. She's obviously the f- a former um, Te Pāti Māori member, and she was. I spoke to her afterwards, and she was saying, no, vaping's not the answer. This is not the, the kaupapa. I don't believe that vaping has the impact and effect that they are claiming. And she was, she was really strongly against it. And I remember thinking, oh, she's kind of a lone voice in this. Um, and now we've almost seen the government and, and major parties almost catch up with her and now have to backpedal and say, oh, shoot, now we've got to try and reduce youth vaping. Yeah, it kind of, it seems like um, even like outside of government, there's kind of two sides at play here. There's people who, who are talking about vaping as a, um, there's a potential benefit to society if it can curb smoking rates. But at the same time, if we don't necessarily know about all of the health effects or health impacts, then um, it could be a problem. And it, I guess, is one side winning? Is it a balanced debate? I think in a way we're just going to have to learn the hard way because we can we can put out this messaging and we can create these restrictions, but youth particularly uh, are already taking up vaping in, in insane numbers. They, you know, you, you just have to see the amount of stand-downs that are linked to vaping. I think it was 75% of stand-downs in 2020 and 2021, smoking or vaping was part of the reason. That was an RNZ story, actually. But yeah, we're going to have to see these stories come out of, you know, the harms that vaping's created because I think it's almost that perception at the moment that it won't happen to me. So people are going to keep doing it until it actually starts having a tangible effect on their health. Our lungs are really designed just to breathe clean air. And if we breathe anything different from that, it is likely going to cause some some differences. This is Dr. Kelly Burrows. She's an associate professor at Auckland University's Bioengineering Institute. She's been researching vaping for years. Can you tell me a little bit about bioengineering? What kind of broadly does that bioengineering, the study of, entail? Bioengineering is really just one form of engineering where we apply mathematical and sort of physics or uh, biology principles to solve problems. So we apply engineering techniques to solve problems about the human body. Things like create new medical devices or um, new ways for diagnosis or treatment. And a lot of the work that we do at the Auckland Bioengineering Institute is around developing computational models. So people are calling this um, sort of a digital twin, where one day we might have a a digital version of ourselves that can be used to help uh, test different healthcare procedures on us. We build these sorts of models based on medical imaging data uh, and, and we use the real physics that sort of underlies the, the biology that's happening in people's bodies. At the moment, I'm sort of exploring the balancing act between allowing vaping for getting adults off smoking potential benefits there and then the trying to get young people to not start it right and I think the first question that the kind of fulcrum of that balancing act is vaping is it safe 
Yeah, we can't confidently say anything about that yet. The, the real problem with answering any of these sorts of questions is that we don't know the long-term health effects of vaping yet. And I would say that will be another 10 years or so until we really do understand that. But what we can do at the moment is look at the short-term effects of vaping. And we can people can use things like looking at the chemicals in there, exposing cells, uh, lung cells or lung tissue or animals to vape to look at what, what changes are happening. So there's a lot of studies coming out at the moment and that, you know most of them are showing that there are changes in how the cells of the lungs or how the lungs in general are working. Okay, so what kind of changes are those? One of the main things is that vaping uh, causes inflammation. So inflammation is your body's normal response to anything sort of foreign that comes into your body. And, and inflammation is really how your, our bodies protect ourselves from harm. So, um, But when you're doing something like vaping or smoking, you sort of trigger this inflammation or this immune response continuously, and that's when things can go wrong. So some of the studies are showing things like yeah, changes in how the immune system works, and there have been some animal studies that have shown emphysema and, and one or two showing um, links to increased risk of cancer. There were a couple of deaths in Australia last year, actually, that they attributed to vaping. An autopsy was carried out to determine the cause of Peter Hansen's death. The cause of death was an acute lung injury and a probable case of Avali. First reported in the United States, the term stands for e-cigarette or vaping product use associated lung injury. I think the real problem, though, is that we don't know the effect of all the different chemicals in vaping. So in some of our research, we have looked at the different flavouring chemicals added to e-liquids, and we found about 50 different flavouring chemicals added in there. And no one really knows what the effects are on lung tissue of each of those different flavourings. So they're sort of thought to be safe um, to eat, so we use them in our food. But how the lungs work is quite different. When you breathe something in, it sort of can get into your blood system very easily, and it sort of has that direct contact with all of the cells inside your lungs. So I think, um, yeah, there's there's so many unknowns, and, and one of the problems is that there's so many different flavouring products, there's different devices, you know, you can use different um, power levels um, and different use patterns, sort of um, how many times someone might vape per day. And that's all potentially going to um, have different pathways in terms of health effects. Yeah, like I, I've spoken to, um, you know, just people kind of on the street, as it were, and asked, like, to your understanding, what, what is the thing about vaping that might be harmful? And some people say, like, um, the, the vapor or is it taking in hot air or is it uh, the chemicals used? Or, there seems to be quite a diverse array of concerns that people have. So I was wondering, is there one specific kind of additive or element of the um, the whole process that seems to be where potential harms would come from? It, it, that's still really unknown, um, and it, it's just so complicated. You know, so the, the main things in the e-liquids are propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin, flavorings and then the nicotine and I think studies have shown without nicotine there's still the same sort of inflammation um, and I think even with just those propylene glycol and vegetable glycerin there can also be changes so I think it's very hard to sort of know if it's one component and also you know most people the product that they use is going to have like I said about 50 different chemicals in them so it's going to be very hard to identify if it's just one but I, I would say it's you know it could be just one chemical, but it could be all of the chemicals. 
this year there's a number of new regulations coming through around especially the, the retail of um, vaping products. Is this sort of too little too late? I personally do think it is. I mean, it's almost too late. There are so many, um, you know, vaping is so widespread. There's so many vape shops. It's going to be a lot more uh, difficult to, to come back from where we are now. I mean, it's, it's definitely a progress that we do have these new regulations coming out, and I think this this will be good. But we really need to make sure that they are uh, really, you know, policed and and checked to make sure people are abiding by these new regulations. So, so one of the good things now is that uh, e-liquids have to have all of the ingredients on them labelled. So prior to these new regulations, um, they didn't have to label what was in the e-liquids. We begin tonight with breaking news, a nationwide recall of vaping products. Official notices have gone out to retailers and manufacturers to immediately pull certain products off shelves because nicotine levels are too high. Another good thing is that there will be a list of banned chemicals. So as research progresses and we find out which chemicals um, on their own might be dangerous, that they can sort of go on the banned list and be removed from e-liquid products. Even if there are deleterious effects of e-cigarette use, if it's less harmful than smoking, do you consider it to still be a, a useful tool in curbing smoking rates? Yeah, I think so, if it's used correctly. So, um, yeah, it is very complicated. There's sort of two sides of the debate um, in this. So, yeah, there are the people who are very um, pro-vaping, so they're the ones that have seen the help that it can do for, for people to stop smoking. And then there's those, yeah, obviously protecting other people who wouldn't um, necessarily have smoked but are now vaping. I think there is a place for, at the moment, for what we understand, we believe that vaping is safer than smoking. But again, that's sort of, you know, not guaranteed. We might find in 10 years' time that actually, you know, it's as dangerous or there's different diseases. But at the moment, we think it is safer. But I think anyone who's uh, using vaping to quit smoking should also have a plan to give up vaping as well looked at a data set in, in Canterbury of um, people using vaping to stop smoking. And out of um, 100 different people, we found that 22 people or 22% actually ended up smoking and vaping um, called dual use. So this is one of the other risks that actually people try and use vaping to stop smoking, but they end up using both products, which could potentially increase the, you know, the chances of disease because then you've got both, both sort of products coming into your lungs. So it, yeah, it, it's complicated. And again, we can't really make these calls until we know what the long-term health effects are. So so as we were discussing before, it, it seems like um, it has been quite unregulated in the sector um, over the last few years. Uh, do you think that the legislation around vaping has marched in enough of a lockstep with the, uh, with the scientific evidence that's come out? I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure, but, but I think the really hard thing is that uh, well, uh, there's a lot of studies showing that there's changes um, based on vaping and animals and, and cells. Um, you know, there's still there's so many different studies. So some of them are showing. You know, there's there's not really a consensus on what the, those changes are. Um, and I think until we know what the long term health effects are, it's it's hard to know. Um, I mean, it could. It, Hopefully, we'll end up that vaping is not too bad for you. But my feeling is that it will end up having health effects. But I, I think until we know that, um, it's 
it's really hard to know what to do. I guess you've got the one side, you've got the vaping and t- big tobacco industry trying to push this forward. And then on the other side, it's there isn't evidence showing what the long-term health effects are. So there's, it's hard to push back on that. And, and I know that the New Zealand government are really sort of working towards this um, smoke-free uh, Aotearoa 2025, so trying to reduce the smoking rates. And that is great. Um, I mean, smoking rates have gone down or are going down very nicely, but vaping rates are going up a lot faster than what smoking rates are coming down. So actually overall nicotine use in New Zealand is is on the rise. Someone was saying to me just before, you know, you, you drive past a school and there's just crowds of students out there vaping. It's just everywhere in young people. And it's almost like... Do we need to be educating the parents? Do we need to be educating the teachers on the effects? But it's almost like we've waited for this magic research to come through, like this massive sign that we shouldn't be vaping. And that hasn't happened in probably the, the time frame in which we've needed it. So, yeah, here we are with people going, oh, well, it's not that bad. It's still better than smoking. But anything's better than smoking. Like literally putting your head in a toilet is better than smoking. But (laughs) that doesn't mean it's good for you. Yeah. Uh, Well, I believe the research is still out on putting your head in a toilet. Well, yeah. (laughs) I I stand corrected on that. (laughs) That's it for today. I'm Matthew Scott. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Rachel Thomas and Kelly Burrows. Matewa.